Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO, co-founder of RackN, and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Today's episode is a discussion about the complexity of APIs. What makes APIs complex? How do we compose them into higher level systems? And how do we think about the design elements that go into building durable, reusable APIs? This is a classic topic for us. We really like to figure out where the complexity is coming from things. And this conversation is really no different. We got to some really interesting places where we looked beyond the API itself and started talking about the state of the system and how you're going to manage the state. And ultimately that took us to some really interesting places. I know you will enjoy the conversation. API design and complexity. And so I, the question that sparked this um, topic is one where, you know, we got the, the, what I have written down here is have we gotten API fatigue? <laughs> are we, are we taking too much of put an API behind it, throw a service into it for granted um, from that perspective? And, and just, you know, how do we design APIs to be durable, hide complexity, and are we over-assuming that APIs give us a degree of protection? Would you like to bucket APIs by parts of the topology or parts of the infrastructure because you've got mm. a variety of APIs and I think it's worthwhile considering, for example, distinctions between data APIs and other forms of microservice APIs that you're using in application construction. I definitely think it's worth bucketing. So like a data API would be a subscription API, Rich? It, like where you're subscribing could. to data. I mean, well, it could be, control. but I mean, you've got, you know, uh, a variety of data connectors. You've got um, kind of the, the database metaphor plus an API equals a, you know, what people think of as a data API. Subscriptions, yes, but... Um, I mean, the, the point being, how are, how are people making use of, well, first of all, you've pointed out that the design of APIs can get pretty obscure for the, the developer, the user. And my question to you is in thinking about that, are there certain utilizations of APIs that we should be considering as being more problematic or generating more difficulties for some stakeholder? And if you think that's, yeah. that's wrong, you know, fine, that's okay. I just wanted to ask you if you had a, had a sense of that. Uh, I mean, gee, I guess I, I've been doing work against all sorts of APIs. Um, mostly, I usually think of control APIs to part of your, mm -hmm. your question. Um, so for me, there's a lot of infrastructure APIs, um, you know, secrets, uh, mm -hmm. that, that type of, you know, 
Um, usually, and, and actually, this is maybe a distinction that's really important um, in my thinking on what the complexity equals, is that a lot of these APIs are part of a workflow or used in sequence as part of a workflow. So right. when, I, when I think of APIs here, it's, it's not a standalone thing. It's I am accomplishing a end-to-end task and I have to work through multiple <coughs> APIs from multiple vendors with, you know, um, you know, different data formats, different control formats, different mm-hmm. authentication um, processes here. Uh, and it's, I mean, that from that perspective, it's, inc- it's incredibly challenging to build something that works across similar constructs for different systems multi-cloud right in my daily life um and right i mean to, and to me part of an api this is where we we come back to with complexity is and we've talked about this a bit is that you're you use an api and it hides a whole bunch of internal operations or or things going on bunch of complex like oh i don't have to worry about where that server came from or how it got bootstrapped or how it's connected to the network all that stuff goes away i say give me a machine mm-hmm. um but i can tell you by working across different cloud infrastructures that the way that you get a machine from each cloud is pretty different what you right. need to know how you need to wire it together mm-hmm. what the behaviors are of that system um Well, so yeah, an, another another cut at it would be if you were thinking about it: is there um, are there aspects of APIs like self documentation or automated documentation of the API, um, the mm. the kind of public posting of of what's you know what you get when you use this API and how to use it. I mean, the, you, you know, we're not, we're not talking exactly about a bill of materials so much as it's, uh, you know, instructions for use. And I've seen, you know, I've seen well, well well-constructed, well-documented APIs and I've, you know, I've bust my pick on, (laughs) <laughs> APIs that are just so obscure and and you know crazed that at a certain point the yeah yes swagger um, the you know I've, yeah, I've just I've just you know given up in in complete disgust. Well, I, I have a you know an anecdote to share from this. So a couple couple weeks ago, um, we're building some drift detection uh, workflows. Yeah. I'm and sorry, what things I want detection? Drift, drift detection. Ah, drift, got it. Yeah, there's some really, really cool um, stuff where you can say, hey, every hour check to see if somebody created or destroyed machines that I thought I was managing and they're, they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways that I needed to do that was to talk to Amazon and say, Amazon, tell me all the machines that, I've, that I own. Give me a list. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, that's a really simple get query. I should be able to talk to Amazon's API, make a call, you know, a call and do that, get that, get that result. Mm-hmm. And 
I spent like an hour trying to figure out that. I couldn't even get past the, how do I make the call, let alone how do I authenticate the call, which is not particularly well documented in Amazon. Um, now, the interesting thing was I turned around, I did it with the CLI, and it took me 15 minutes, and I wrapped, a, I basically have, I just wrapped the CLI call. <laughs> I get my JSON output, and it's oh. <laughs> because... Because well, their API is actually designed to run this. The CLI is, is yeah. the API is actually just a, a, a CLI front end or back end for the CLI. Um, but my head my head was exploding on this. I'm like, okay, so the the Amazon choice is that the, the CLI is the preferred scraping. <laughs> Sorry, it's the moral equivalent of web scraping. Web page scraping. Yeah, that's, no, it's it's it felt it felt bad, and I was like, "What am I doing?" I'll, I'll tell you from my OpenStack days, the OpenStack, um, the OpenStack um, CLI was much more accessible and stable than the API. And Amazon's the same way, and I think all the other uh, infrastructures. I am I'm sure as I dig into them are going to be similar. This is why Terraform is a thing. Um. Because it's normalized, you know, at least you don't have to figure out what get curl and credentials to put in. Um, yeah, I was I was amazed at at how hard that that was. And I, you know, my job. Um, well, running a company is my job, but my 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 night job is is doing API stuff. Um yeah, Don, it's and Don's it, yeah, API first design. Yeah, I, I mean, but this to I, me is the, is the question. I still think they would call this API first design. Well, then it's a crappily documented API first design. Yeah, I mean, well, how? They, do, I mean, I mean, how? I mean, I mean, I'm dealing with I'm dealing with the out one with you know this in sort of a slightly orthogonal way, which is these companies that you know want to optimize your web spend, and you know, I mean, so they have to have all these things. You know where they go probe into you know your your entire estate um, on a on a cloud service providers, mm -hmm. um, right? I mean this has to be a solved problem, right? Right? Whether whether they've gone off and just wrapped the CLI, which is you know I'm going to make fun of you for several years over that, but um, you, you know, I, I, I realize I realize you just got to get if it. you can if you can figure it out and give me the three lines of curl yeah. that does it. I, Make a web post out of that because you you might be the first person on the internet. Um, I'm sure, you're not. But um. it's just yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's 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 incredibly bad that in, that you know that the API in, you know an API you know if you are going to do API first design, you really have to do API first design, right? It can't. It has to be um, you know well documented, well designed. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I mean, it's possible to. I mean. It's possible to produce crap in any domain, right? And it's and, you know, and it's possible to produce you know good work in any domain. It's you know, so I think a lot of it comes down to not so much you know whether API first design or API design or API architecture is a good idea. You know, it's whether it was executed well, right? But any any API 
will it, it'll either completely obfuscate backend systems or it will expose backend system, right? Um, and and my experience has been that APIs leak leak implementation details. Not bad. Unless, they just do. Unless it's lazy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not lazy. It's a function of people doing significant work on an API require some control, some influence on behaviors. APIs aren't just the richest point. They're not just data. Uh, control APIs are, you know, be behavioral. They have behavioral aspects to them, and so you you end up having to expose that. Um, well, then what do you, I mean, how, how do you, or how does the group feel about the whole, the, the level of success, if you want to think about it, uh, that way that we get from automated documentation, whether it's APIs or, you know, other forms of automated <laughs> documentation. I feel very much in favor of automated documentation. Like I, I would not expect <laughs> these days a an API without Swagger Docs. Yeah, because it not only is human readable documentation, but it's also machine readable documentation. I can use the Swagger spec to to do also write uh, like a, an, an API gateway configuration. To 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 properly set the routes, but yeah. but how do you the Swagger doc isn't going to explain the behavior? And we I've seen this right. It's it's fine on gets, maybe okay on data data focused updates. It's pretty weak when it start when you start actually dealing with behavioral, um, you know, reboot a server for us or. Like, what does that actually mean? Yeah, hey, I have a put call or a post that does that, but there's a lot more there than the API or install an operating system or something like that. It's, um... yeah, that is perhaps not so much a problem with the Swagger specs, I would say, but more of a problem with trying to use a REST API for tasks that are not fit. For that kind of API. Yeah, I mean, you're talking in particular, Rob. You're talking about things with state, right? The state of a server, right? And REST by REST, good REST APIs have are stateless, right? That's I mean, your square peg meet round hole, right? Um. Well, I, I don't I don't think that, and maybe I'm I'm just looking at it too myopically. I, I don't think are, you know, the use cases I'm talking about are that different. I, I think that this is system behavior through an API is really hard to model well. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah, the, the, the API calls should be the result of the model, that the internal model that you're holding, right? Whereas, I mean, so, I, I'll, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't mean, that, do, I don't mean to get into it. <laughs> You know, a software design session, but where do, where do you in 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 your system, where is state held, right? Is it the state of the is it the state of the systems, or does or do you maintain state internally in your system for what you think or what you believe 
that you know the 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 computers the VMs are in. Well, the the system has to have enough state to do the operations that you're asking it to do. So, I mean, every any this and this is true, I think, of any API and and is it it has to in, the internal system has to maintain the state of the things that it is actually controlling and offering. Um, and so, I you know that's that to me is pretty straightforward. But at the same time, if what I don't expect people to do on any API is talk to each place the state is being held for the underlying system and in order to affect a change for the system, right? You have you, a good API, in my opinion, is going to have a place where you can say, I want you to do this action and it's going to represent, you know, a, a series of operations across, you know, the, across multiple state vectors and across different areas. And you, you don't want, I've, I've, written and I've seen APIs like this. It's like, well, to do this, you have to write these three objects, excuse me, <coughs> into this place and then release, thank you, and then replace this and, you know, and then, and then release the Kraken, right? You know, you need to, you know, launch the boat, staff the boat, raise the sails, you know, ship the oars, release the Kraken, right? That's, that's not good API design either. You're actually even more exposing the underlying behaviors of the system. So uh, I've, I've seen, you know, actually, if you look at the clouds right now, if, if you want to bring up, um, I'm trying to think of, you know, the Microsoft one feels like especially challenging to me because they're an Oracle too. Um, they really want you as you build infrastructure to go through this, you know, okay, I've got a tenancy area, I've got a region area, I've got the networks I've attached to it, I've got the subnets I've built, I've got the NICs that I want to attach to the system. And and once you've gotten through all that, you can actually build a system and put it put it in your tenancy. And there's, you know, in the UX, you can click a button because it's all assumed. But if you're using Terraform or the CLIs for this stuff, you actually have to have all that that knowledge. Filter yeah. it down through to get to that final state. They're literally doing exactly what I said. You've got to go. You got to do every one of the sequential steps to before you can make the target so request. Right. So they're asking you as the operator to maintain the state. So so so, so I would yes. actually argue that they've done the right thing, which is they've made their API, um, you know, atomic and stateless. Right. Uh they yes that they are requiring you to build the workflow is the way mm -hmm. i would describe well, you're, it. You're, you're, i mean you have a company that builds a workflow engine so you should be yeah, it's not i'm not it's, it's <laughs> helpful for us in the fact that we're doing a lot of useful work for people i literally to me the more complex things are the more value i can add into a process yeah, yeah, commercially it's, it's commercially rock on but <laughs> but um i we, we used to have this conversation about IPMI and Redfish and stuff like that because people ran, ran around for a long time telling everybody that Redfish was going to create this universal hardware API and, and no. we would just laugh. But, uh, and, that, and that there was a benefit from having like, you know, at least a common base API that, that was then factored out, but it didn't, it didn't make any difference at all. You had to actually know the sequence of operations that you were doing and, and no complexity, no, no complexity mm -hmm. was saved. Um, in the process. And, and to your point, right, if you're going to build a server in a data center, uh, it's, I don't care if it's a physical data center or a cloud data center, you, you have to 
understand the networking. You have to understand the subnet. You have to understand the next. A tweet that I saw yesterday that came up yesterday was, if you call your SDK an API, I'm going to use that as information as how how to trust other things you tell me. <laughs> That's it's in, interesting from that perspective. That's one of the things that the CLIs are doing in a, in this case. The CLIs have a lot of um, side effect behavior, including ours, that um, handles issues for you like this that the API doesn't expect that that the API doesn't hide. So Don, to your point. So, so then how is this going to change looking a little forward in a yeah. decentralized environment where you're going to have a threesome of separated capabilities between compute storage and networking? Did your complexity just get simpler because you're confined to the one silo at a time? and then aggregating these together, whether it's a CLI wrapper or some other, or are you now going to have the power of threes where each individual and probably to Don's point, more um, uh, pure, for lack of a better word, um, they will be atomic and independent of each other so that you can write an API to your compute, write an API to your storage, write an API to your network. It Provided be, that they all agree. It would be nice, but there are very few architects out there that would understand to separate things out. And <laughs> they're, the, the APIs are replacing the monolith monolithic code with the monolithic API. Well, I mean, well, I mean, the analogy that I would think of, you know, if you're an architect that doesn't understand that they, you know, the difference, you know, you know, a systems architect that that doesn't understand how to compose a computer out of compute network and storage, then they probably shouldn't be a systems architect. Um, and that, you know, they should reevaluate their career choice. Um, agree. Um, <laughs> right. That being but said, why combinator? Um, the, I mean that, you know, that being said, you know, you, know, you can, you know, there is sort of, in my mind, there's always, I mean, and, and to, to, to slightly, I mean, I'm kind of poking at Rob, but, you know, he's used to it. That's fine. Um, right. You know, there is sort of the low level version of this, right? You know, where, you know, you're worried about, you know, the nuts and bolts that go into a computer, right? And then there's, you know, I just bought a laptop and I plugged it in and it's got everything there. Um, uh, you know, there, I mean, there has to be a, a in if, if we're talking about systems APIs, which is, I think, Sort of we're talking about right now um yeah. there's low level stuff and there's high level stuff right there's got to be you know you know i want an in you know i you know i want a general purpose compute instance and somebody in the somebody in the api stack whether that's the whether that's the service provider or whether that's you know your your orchestration system like what rob sells um that mm -hmm. says you know you know go compose me a computer 
and don't, you know, and, you know, and don't bother when, you know, and don't bother me with the details, right? This is what, you know, right. It's, but, it, I mean, it's, it, it, it's the, and, and that's the, that's the step along the path to sort of this intent driven mm-hmm. infrastructure, right? Which is, I want a computer. This is the problem I, had, I need to solve. Go compose me a computer or computers that that's can go solve me this problem, right? That's the word. The, the interesting word that you brought in here is composed. Um, systems. I, I, I like where this went because what we what you what you've described to me is that we are going to be stacking APIs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this to me, this is like specific to what we're talking about. So it that you know at every if every component of the system has an API, then it's right. And so you're you're describing these isolated, very you know, unit-specific APIs, but those are going to aggregate into another system that then provides an API and aggregates those. There's a workflow engine, things like that. And then there's a level above that where that's going to aggregate other systems, right? You know, you could have the mm-hmm. compute storage networking aggregated into a an API that gives you, I just need a server, give me right. the thing. And then you have a thing that says, Oh, I need a cluster, talk to the thing that needs a server, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. So um, my, my concern and my 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 conundrum around this is where is the state for that for that whole chain that you talked about that whole layering that you've talked about where is the state stored right is it in those individual API layers right that have some sort of you know that you have to all start to make agree right or is there some sort of central you know, cent, you know central view of what in this case infrastructure Right, should look like, right, and should it? You know, and then this is the question of you know, do you convert infrastructure to database view? Do you use the database view to drive intent in the infrastructure? Um, these are these and Don, are is that central view in your mind? Is there a, a follow-on question? Is that central view the challenge of the developer to put in place and actually construct, or are they looking to reach you know for something off the shelf? Good questions. Uh, I, I think they're looking to reach for something off the shelf. I got. I have. I have one very large banking customer where I showed them the beautiful off-the-shelf system that they could have bought tomorrow, and they've now spent two years off developing their own, which doesn't work. Yeah. The, the, the. <clears throat> yeah. The the challenge here is, I think, what you are actually describing, which is that the state. There is no um, state. There is no single place for the state for this. What are there rules of thumb or are there, are there best practices in some cases that there would argue um, kind of a progressive kind of progressive uh, certification of, uh, of an EA uh, or a, a, an architect of some sort that says, if you're at this level, you know, use the off the shelf. If you're, if you're really serious about, you know, customization and building a bespoke, a bespoke system. Okay. You know, at your own peril, at your no, own. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a much more fundamental question than that. Right. Okay. Right. Does and does going off and building these kind of, again, we'll look, I guess we're staying on infrastructure for the time. Yeah. Um, you know, is going off and building and defining how infrastructure works 
you know, your core business. Right. Right. All right. I could go, you know, I could go work on my car, right. I could go you know, <laughs> do all the tune-ups and do all that stuff and go read the Haynes manuals and things like that. I don't want to, right. I got a really good mechanic. Um, right. It's not, you know, it's not the thing that sort of gets me going I and mean, it's not the, it's, it's not the best use of my time. Right. Um, uh, you know, if it's, you know, in the case of this bank, you know, what business do they have going off and building and, you know, defining, you know, all of this, all of this internal state stuff when literally you can buy it off the shelf? Um, yeah. How does, I mean, how does this serve the mission? I mean, how does building it, building it yourself serve the mission of that institution? I mean, that's, that's situational and it's context. I mean, there, there are times when if, if somebody's got, such a, a you know a, a fine, define very granularly and and quite specific design in mind that they have to adhere to for whatever reason. <laughs> um, then yeah okay, but yeah. you know travel here at your own peril. You yeah, know this I mean, is I, this I, is when I, you, you know, this is when you leave the trail and and say all right. Yes, you can. And just because you can doesn't mean it's a good idea. You know? but, but, but even if you do, I, I think this, this to me comes back to what the, one of the questions is, is there an architecture, something that you should be thinking that helps you address the, 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 the composed state problem of this, of, of what, because I think this pattern is general. We see it all the time. And the idea, and, and, We've watched software architects who say, the way I'm going to solve this, uh, Hashi, Hashi uh, Terraform is like this, is by saying, I am the uh, single source of truth for the stuff I control. And then you're, you, you, know, you don't have a way to uh, update the truth except within the, the boundaries of the tool, right? But what we're describing here is each thing to do its work has to have ownership of its own state. And the things hey. above it have to have knowledge of the state right enough knowledge to influence the the building of that that thing and so it's it's not that you don't have state tracked across multiple layers what you what you have is each layer has not been designed to realize that it it, it is not can't be the sole source of truth in every right and, and so what we're actually building is instead of ways that i can update and share state across the system validate and, and change it I've actually, you know, limited my scope to my layer, and that, so that's for us. That's we, the fundamental are, design is, problem. Yeah. Is there a myth that we're perpetrating in a lot of these, in a lot of the tooling, in a lot of the systems that you're describing here, that basically says, you know, you're, you are going to, you are going to have to take responsibility for tracking state. I mean that's that's the that's the nature of the game, and if you are not willing to do that, here's what I can give you. That's already you know doing the for the greatest part you know that job for you. I think the the question yeah. in my mind is the adaptation between centralized and decentralized systems and how that's going to play out. Because, I mean, it's not just about 
um, blockchain and crypto, there's a lot of other people who are doing, especially in the AI space, who are looking at decentralized architecture and decentralized apps. So I'm coming back to this. I, I, I had this discussion actually with somebody at NKN, right, on the networking side. And you, re you really are, in effect, having to manage state in, to your point, Rob, in that little bubble that you're taking ownership for. But who is doing it at the layer above, which you have no control over? And how are you going to deal with that? Because I'm looking at this as like, this is a three-by problem. Yeah. You've got three silos. You're all competing for different capabilities, and some of it may not agree with others, particularly when it comes to state. Well, I mean, I wouldn't know that you would want to necessarily turn a network off, but you could technically want to do that for any time there's no interaction with that device, that server. So that implies that you're going to change state for the physicality as well. Mm. So turn off the network, just, turn off storage, leave compute, or vice versa. And I, I unfortunately have a, a hard stop, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Me too. Interrupt this in the middle of some great insights. So I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, like what you're saying, John, because it's it's I, definitely. I, and coupling is important. Is it a coupled system or a decoupled system? And when you get into distributed coupled, it gets real ugly. It's hard. When you get into decentralized and distributed, it gets even worse. Right. It's right. a nine by grid. Conversations. Yep. All right, everybody. Bye, all. Need to drop. Bye bye. Dave. Wow, this is one of those conversations I wish we could have done another 15 minutes on. The depth of understanding system composition and distributed state are essential to building future systems. We are moving into a world where we're very API bound and heavy, which is good. It allows us to build more composable systems. But the challenge of composing state for systems, especially distributed systems or autonomous systems, is a significant challenge and one that I know we will keep discussing. Uh, these are topics that, that we really enjoy uh, diving into, and we would love to hear your voice in the conversations also. Please join us at the 2030.cloud. Be part of the conversation. Uh, we want to hear your questions, your insights, and your, your thoughts and comments. I'll see you there. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly. Or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.